Welcome back to the Getting Grit Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. The question is, what might a day look like when God says to us, well done? This is the fourth episode of a five-part series titled Men from the Arena. This episode features Steve Ryan, the head football coach at Morningside College in Sioux City, Iowa, home of the three-time and defending football national champions, Morningside Mustangs. I think it's so important for us as men to be reminded that our job is to fight with and for godly men around us. If we talk about football, you know, a lot of it starts with being willing to pray for your players, being willing to develop a personal relationship with your players, uh, and being willing to step up and give them the greatest message of all, and that's that Jesus Christ loves them and has died for them and has an incredible plan for their life. Um, and so I think if we're being faithful to Christ's calling and mission, uh, we're being faithful to his last command, and that is to go into all the world and, and make disciples. And so, number one, that's being willing to talk to them about what it means to be a disciple, uh, what it means to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and what a difference it can make. But then also uh, helping them on that journey on a day-to-day. It's just not a one-moment prayer. As a coach, how do you make it a day that God will say, well done? That's quite a question. You know, I try to make sure that when I pray, I pray for my family, I pray for my community. And I pray for my team. And in all three cases, I make sure I pray for individuals inside of all that as well. I think that's a big part of things. I also try to pray on a daily basis, Lord, um, show me where you're at work that I might join in. Obviously, we have stories that need to be told. Kind of where I am as a coach, I think two significant stories have affected me. The first one is in 2005. It was my first great football team. We were undefeated with a couple of games left to go in the season. I had a great group of seniors. I had a phenomenal quarterback in Craig Foby. And just mulling over everything that was happening and where my life was. And I started praying this every morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I, I spend 60 hours a week trying to win a football game that is of very little value. Show me how I can use my time better for, for you and your kingdom. At that point, I was making the decision that at the end of the season, I was going to uh, resign as a football coach. And obviously, through my prayer, I was hoping by that time, God would make it clear to me what I was going to do. But there was this idea that there's something greater. And literally, that was my prayer every morning. And I would pray that every day. And I truly believe that. And I think that's something that if you're a godly man, Um, that you have to wrestle with, that we in the coaching profession spend an incredible amount of time to try to win a football game. And what is the value of that game? And what does that encompass? So we had a great year. We made it all the way. We were in the semifinals. We go to St. Francis, Fort Wayne, Indiana on a December cold day, wind blowing. It was unbelievably freezing. I honestly believe that Fort Wayne is on the doorstep of hell. I mean, it was just one of the most miserable places and difficult places to play. And it's snowing and Phobie gets hurt in the first half and we kind of fall apart. I want to say we're down by 21 or 28 and we're going in the locker room and you go in the locker room. And at that time, you had to go underneath their stadium and people are yelling things at us. They're throwing things at us, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. And in the midst of it, I hear a voice, coach, what are you going to say to those boys? And I just kept walking up and I hear it again, Coach Ryan, you got 20 minutes. What are you going to say to those boys? And I turn around and it is a former 
college teammate of mine who's now a preacher in the Chicago area. And I look at him, I make eye contact, I go in the locker room, I talk with the boys for 20 minutes. We come back, we play better in the second half, but we lose the ball game. And he comes down, talks to me after the game, and I and I say to him, what was that all about? Why did you yell at me at halftime? What, what was the point of that? You know, and he says to me, he goes, Steve, I'm a pastor in a large church, and I spend 60 hours a week trying to put together a sermon. And I'm lucky if I can get five young men to sit in the pews between the age of 18 and 22 and pay attention to what I'm saying. You have 60 of them that hang on your every word every single day. So what are you going to say to those boys? And uh, that transformed me. The first thing was the reality that God used my own prayer back on me. Yeah, you spend 60 hours a week on a game, but every time you're you're around young men that pastors and churches, they can't reach them. They don't know how to reach them. From that, we changed a lot of the things we do. And the second thing was in 2010, meeting with a guy that hires in major corporations, and he was asking me about why I didn't move. I said, I've got all these goals of what I want to do. And he said, maybe you need to change your goals. And so we set out to build the best program possible. And in doing that, in other words, what is the best way that we can build godly men? You know, like most coaches, I think I'm probably very organized in terms of I have a game plan. You know, we talk about a vision and a mission statement with our players. I have one for myself, um, and it's just try to stay on the path of life I've chosen. Uh, the battle is won in courage and strength. Fight for the men besides me, pressing to the finish, staying true to the king. So that's my own personal mission statement. We talk about manhood with our players and we give them a real clear definition, real men, accept responsibility, lead courageously and seek the rewards of significance and not just success, which I think is awfully close to what it means to be a real man. Real men reject passivity, accept responsibility, lead courageously and seek God's rewards. And so a lot of things that we do inside of our program uh, start with that. So when our guys come in to start a season, uh, we give them our mission. We call our program Run With The Herd. And in Jeremiah, you know, Jeremiah is this, this, this prophet for the Lord. And God comes and he calls them and he says, man, Jeremiah, I have this message that I want you to give to the people of, of Israel. And, and you know, Jeremiah is all fire, fired up. I'm going to give this message. He goes, oh, by the way, when you give it, they're going to hate you. And they do. And they treat him terribly. And Jeremiah, you know, comes to God and says, wait a minute, this is not fair. I live a godly life. I'm a good man. And obviously I'm paraphrasing, go to your Bible and get the exact story. But Steve Ryan version, I'm doing your will. I'm spreading your message and people treat me miserably. I am poor and I have nothing. And all along, godless men, their lives are being blessed. This is not fair. And the beauty of Jeremiah and for all men in position should look at how God responds to Jeremiah. God does not blink. God does not go into Jeremiah's pity party whatsoever. God says to Jeremiah, if you have walked with men and grown weary, how will you ever run with the horses? How will you ever fight the battles and the thickets? You know, how are you ever going to win great battles? How are you ever going to, you know, be able to, you know, run with the horses? And we talk about that. That is the theme passage with our players of, hey, we're not calling you to be normal men. We're asking you to run with the horses. We're asking you to raise your game and to become special men in this world. We talk about a vision for life, a code for life, and a cause for life. And we go through that with our guys. What is, the, what is your vision? What is the picture of what you want to accomplish with your life? What is that roadmap? 
Um, and that should include your family, your career. Uh, how are you going to view God? How are you going to live for God? We talk about a code for life. You know, I gave you my code. Real men have a code. Every great warrior society has a code. The Marines have a code. And by that code, they rally around and stay faithful as Marines. The SEALs have a code. The Cheyenne dog soldiers, even if you go back to David and yelling rock, shock, amats, you know, there's this code that we're going to live by strength and courage. Great warrior societies have a code. And we talk to our guys about a code. We give them our team code. And But we always say, hey, have a code for your life. Real men have a code for their life. And then we talk about a cause. Real men develop significant causes. And there's so many things that we try to do in our program. And we talk about manhood over and over again. Leadership is such a powerful word in football and business circles. I would be amazed the number of times I'm asked to talk about leadership. And I do. And I almost feel guilty, but somewhere in there, I always say, we do not have a leadership class. We hardly talk about leadership. We talk about mentorship. And I think that's what Jesus did, right? He grabs 12 men and he puts his life into them. And also, if you're following all the early great saints, whether it's St. John, St. Peter, or St. Paul, or even if you're following, moving on to St. Aquinas, Tertullian, and some of those other guys, they are mentoring young men to become great leaders. It's not me teaching a class. It's every coach. It's older guys working with younger guys. And that has an incredible and powerful impact on them becoming men, but also great football players because older guys are telling them, hey, this is how you act. This is how you go to class. This is how you behave. And by the way, this is how you practice. This is how you run a route. This is how you block a a hard charging DN. It's just how life is taught through men. Men learn about how to be a man with other men. We surround our program with godly men. As we go through fall camp, there's always godly men that are walking in and out of the program and a part of it. We have different men come in and talk about what it means to be a man. And that could be a lot of things, you know, how a man should treat his wife, uh, how a man should raise his children, uh, how a man deals with false masculinity, which would be the quest of success, money, and sex, how a man deals with addictions. You know, every night, thousands of people trying to make a billion dollars to get our young men addicted to something. And what does that mean? And how do you deal with addictions? And so we try to really talk to our young men about what does it mean to be a man? The the whole champion's manual that we go through with our guys, talking about how to be successful in life, the trips we take. We try to take service type project trips where the guys are involved in different communities. So I would say in the last 10 years, we've been to Haiti, Uganda, Tanzania, Cuba, Dominican Republic. We've been in the inner city in Houston, Minneapolis, New Orleans, Lake Charles. I mean, there's just a lot of places that we try to go on with either in the summer or spring break, junior trips, you know, more of like outdoor type trips. You know, we went fly fishing and canoeing the Niobrara. We climb a mountain every summer. All of that stuff is outside of football, right? But all that stuff goes back to, you know, everyone's in quest of leadership. It still comes down to mentorship. It's this, how do men learn? Men do not learn in the classroom. Men learn being active. So you want to build relationships with other men, then do manly things, get outdoors, hunt, fish. Those are where the greatest conversations take place on the basketball court. For me, climbing the mountain, you know, for us this year, I took 25 guys to the DR and that's 25 guys at some point sat down and told me their life story and what that allows for me as a coach to plug my life into that and say, um, that's your story. That is awesome. That's special. Or that was part was a tragedy. 
that's our job as coaches to fully engage in the lives of our players. I remember when I was with you and we, you know, we climbed the mountain and we did the whitewater rafting and it was a hard climb. And I remember the guys carried a 50 pound rock to the summit, which was amazing. They had a sense of, hey, we did this really tough thing together. And because of that, we can pretty much handle any tough thing that we're going to be called upon to do on this field. Explain to me that physicality thing that they go through there and we're going to be able to soldier on beyond that. I think it's so important for an older man to get younger men to do difficult things and then talk them through it in a positive way. When you do that, you build confidence in a young man's life. So one of the things we do in the summer is we climb a 14,000 foot or higher mountain in Colorado. But here, here it is. You got 25 guys and you're going to climb a mountain. And everyone approaches it from a different standpoint. You've got corners that like, this is going to be easy. But then it's like, no, 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 we're doing this together. And then Coach Ryan always adds something more to make it more difficult. I don't care if you get to the top. The whole team has to get to the top. That includes the three 300-pound linemen that are coming with you. Once they get on the mountain, they realize this is a hard task and we have to do it together. I'm always there with them. And it's difficult for me. I think that's one of the things they get to see is like, no, this is really hard for me as well. I'm going to try to make it to the top of the mountain with you. And as it hurts you, it hurts me. That whole process of doing something really difficult, doing it together as a group of men and accomplishing it, talking themselves through it in a positive way does so much for a young man's life. It builds an incredible bind and tie with those other guys that did it on the mountain. I did something difficult. I did it with you. We accomplished something special together. You have to encourage other guys through. You have to push other guys through. You have to do it together. So they learn that concept of the brotherhood of manhood, you know, going through that process outside of football. Too often as coaches, we only train our guys in the brotherhood as it applies to the field of play. If it doesn't apply off the field of play, it was worthless because they lose it once they get done playing. They have to learn the brotherhood inside the church, inside their community, inside of life. So the commandment that's given the most in the Bible is be strong, courageous, and fear not. It's because we as men, we need to hear that so much. Hey, be strong and be courageous. Be strong and be courageous for your Lord because he's already run the, won the battle. As a man, you have to be strong. You have to demonstrate courage. Where does that strength come from? The strength ultimately comes through our Lord Jesus Christ because he's already won the battle. No matter how dark and dreary things might seem in the world, the Lord wins. And that's whose side I'm on. In a smaller sense, you're teaching that in, in sports. Be strong and courageous. Fight and battle, and you can win this thing out in the end. And climbing that mountain is always something you can go back on. Just like David, as he's going to Goliath, goes back to the fact that he beat the bear and he beat the lion. He had these little battles as he goes so he can fight the big battle when the Lord calls his name. The same pattern you see with Gideon, you see the same pattern with Jesus, with the disciples. Giving your guys battles that they have to fight along the way. It's also why practice is hard, but you talk guys through that, hey, I can do this. I have it in me. I have what it takes to be a man. Also, every player, when he leaves here, he will hear from me. This is what I see in you. This is what I saw that's awesome in you. And son, you are now a man. You live your life as a man from this day going forward. I'm responsible for every coach and every player here because God has put me in this position of leadership. I need to help them uh, to become godly men. Someday I will have to stand before him and be accountable to my behavior 
how I lived my life in front of those guys, how I talked about him. You know, the sower went out and his seed, you know, that landed on the good soil, you know, 30, 50, 100 fold. I hope I can be a man that was able to spread good seeds. In 20 seasons as the head football coach at Morningside College in Sioux City, Iowa, Steve Ryan has a master record of 208 and 41 for a winning percentage of 835. Steve has led the Stangs to 12 Great Plains Athletic Conference championships, including the last 11 in a row. And they have earned their way into 18 consecutive postseason appearances. His teams have advanced to the semifinal eight times and garnered three national championships, 2018, 19, and 21. Ryan is a 10-time Conference Coach of the Year and received Region Coach of the Year 11 times. And four times, Ryan has been selected NEI, American Football Coaches Association, National Coach of the Year. He is a remarkable coach and a far better man. Whenever I'm asked if this present age makes it impossible for men of faith to succeed, the first question I ask in return is, how do you define success? The second thing I say is, let me tell you about my friend, Steve Ryan. Men learn how to be men in the company of other men, doing manly things, being encouraged through the words of the gospel by older warriors. You can do this thing. You can reach the summit. You can win. Be strong and courageous. The bind and tie of the brotherhood of manhood. Ain't it so? This is Gettin' Grit signing off. I hope you'll come see us next week when we talk with John Stigelmeyer, head football coach at South Dakota State University. Blessings to you all. Dominus Vobiscum.